This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, good morning. You are listening to The Morning Run. It's 7.06 a.m. on Wednesday, the 10th of January, already 10 days into the new year 2024. I don't know about you guys, but I still say 2023 from time to time. Um, I say 2023A. <laughs> of course you do, Phil. Of course you do. That was Philip C. I'm Shazana Mokdar in studio today, also with Anwar Mahbob. So in half an hour, we're going to be discussing Indonesian foreign policy, uh, also bilateral relations with Malaysia, and I suppose what the upcoming elections could yield in terms of policy direction with a new president. Uh, in the meantime, though, let's kickstart the morning as we always do with a recap on how global markets closed overnight. Well, yesterday, US market, in the US markets, the Dow closed down 0.4%. S&P 500 closed down 0.2%, while the Nasdaq was up 0.1%. On the Asian front, the Nikkei closed up 1.2%. Hang Seng was down 0.2%. Shanghai Composite was up 0.2%. STI was up 0.3%, and our very own FBM KLCI is up 0.2%. That's right. Now it's trading at 1,498. Yesterday, we breached the 1,500 mark twice at 10.30 in the morning and at 2 p.m. Let's see whether it sustains itself beyond 1,500 today. So interesting that it breached 1,500 in the first 10 days of the year, something we've been waiting for for all of 2023. We didn't see it come close to that. I'm wondering how long this can be sustained. Uh, but for some thoughts on what's moving markets, we have on the line with us Song Seng-Woon, economic consultant with CGSC IMB Securities in Singapore. Seng-Woon, good morning. Always good to have you. Now, what, the S&P 500 and other indices enjoyed a stellar 2023, but the prospect of heightened geopolitical tensions between the U.S. and China continues to loom over equity markets this year. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think that conflict is going to derail the bullish momentum that was built up in the last year? Well, first of all, good morning. Happy New Year. Uh, uh, well, Happy New Year from an extremely wet, wet Singapore <laughs> uh, this morning. And certainly in terms of, you were referring to the story in terms of momentum, uh, I suppose one thing we can learn from, well, since COVID days or pandemic days is that you never take... Uh, for granted what's unfolding in the year to come, certainly having the case the past couple of years. Um, maybe this year, although there had been, I should say, a great expectation that we may go back to a smooth recovery, interest rate cut, but we do have still plenty of risks over the horizon. It could come uh, even this weekend. We, uh, you talked about elections uh, 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 earlier on, this weekend elections uh, in Taiwan, which could you know, uh, be, you know, a reason if we mm. were to see, you know, uh, the, the uh, Taiwan politician pushing for, say, uh, independent, for instance, uh, something to watch out for. Mm. Uh, we have, what well, again, talking about wet weather, uh, the, the unfoldings of uh, um, weather pattern, which is potentially going and can create supply disruption mm. if we're talking about here in Singapore, we always worry that we may not have enough Kang Kong from Malaysia side or more expensive chili or or, or or any other vegetables from Cameron Highland, for instance, if wet weather right. were to persist, not just in, in the region. And speaking of weather, again, it's like water level in the Panama Canal in terms of freight costs. Freight costs, which has declined significantly over the past couple of years and stabilized last year, are now rising sharply again. Yeah. Because of again risk um, in war in, in, in 
the regional conflicts in in uh, in, in the Middle East, for instance. So these are still potentially um, signs of, of of concerns, which may spill over to derail the. Uh, we say the, the relatively positive story that we have at this juncture of interest rate picking out and potentially slowing, um, you know, growth and yeah. perhaps interest rate being cut in the second half of the year, etc. As well, yeah. so nothing completely taken for granted. Still plenty that we have to wake up every morning and worry about. Mm. But Sengun, can I just get your thoughts mm. about risk? Which is the bigger risk: the reacceleration of inflation or recession? Oh, I think I'm not so worried about recession at this point. I see little signs of that. Certainly, the U.S. labor report suggests that labor market condition in the U.S. is normalizing very nicely uh, against the backdrop of, yes, still elevated costs of borrowing and living. Um, elsewhere around the region in Europe, there may be some risk of slower growth, but it looks like the labor market condition still remains supportive of somewhat stable spending uh, as well and coming back here uh, to asia we're still seeing signs of stability uh, in external demand which may spill over to improving export figures overall it still looks like labor market condition in asia also remains supportive of spending despite the higher cost of borrowing and living so that's encouraging so i would say it's more of a stable signs of economic growth rather than recession risk unfolding, but always the case of some other external external shock which could right. destabilize sentiment. So that's more what I worry about. For mm. now, sentiment remains relatively okay, supported by a still resilient labor market, and therefore recession mm. risk for now remains low. Sengwen, as you touch on risk, in uncertain times, investors tend to flock to the safety of fixed income assets. Now, do you think adding more US treasuries at this time to one's portfolio would be a prudent move? Well, we certainly saw great expectation of that towards the end of last year when talks of early interest rate cut in the US uh, were, I think, running a bit ahead of themselves. But I still say that fixed income will continue uh, it's of a rebound, which we saw towards the end of last year into 2024, uh, as rates continue to rates expectation and, and rate cuts. Although I don't think speaking, uh, referring to what we are talking about recession, given that signs of US labor market and labor condition remain supportive of spending, I don't think they're in that rush uh, to cut. That may come more clearly signs of that in terms of labor market condition softening may be more prevalent uh, by middle of the year and cuts may only come in the second half. But certainly, I would say uh, this asset class, the fixed income uh, class, will look likely to outperform cash return uh, as the duration contribute to price gain on top of the coupon uh, income. Uh, credit spread are somewhat tight already, but I think there's still opportunities that remain. So yes, I would say that uh, fixed income, I think, likely to continue uh, to do well for the most part, but I think more so in the second half mm. of this year, although currently there's still that debate of whether rates are going to be uh, uh, still likely to stay high for longer, uh, but I think it has already peaked. 
Can I just ask you about the Singapore dollar, Sengun? Because we have seen it close to five-year highs against the US dollar. Do you think this strengthening is going to continue into 2024? And at what level will the Monetary Authority of Singapore start to be concerned over the strength of the Sing dollar? Mm. Okay, let's take the first half first. I suppose the US dollar, clearly we saw it sort of a tanking big time, especially towards the end of uh, uh, last year. Uh, but this year it has sort of uh, pulled back a little bit uh, on expectation that interest rate cut is not going to be happening anytime very soon, especially in, in March or even a uh, month later on, but maybe towards the second half of, of the year. So that's supported a little bit of dollar, US dollar recovery. Coming back to the same dollar, I think it's still a case that although we have seen headline inflation in Singapore coming up, growth remain, momentum remains somewhat resilient. We have seen uh, manufacturing recession ends in Q4 already, so that's supportive, I, th- I think, of a better year for manufacturers uh, in Asia um, uh, and in Singapore uh, this year. So it's really a case of whether the underlying growth momentum holds up, and in particular, Less so of headline inflation, um, which is coming off on the back of, say, lower car prices, uh, stability yeah. in the housing market and, and, and rentals, mm. but more service inflation, which is still being underpinned uh, by Singaporean, still enjoying very robust employment and growth and wage and, uh, opportunity. So uh, in this scenario itself, it still looks like and the Singapore dollar will still stay or, or hang on uh, to the tail coat of uh, just a, a policy which is still going to be towards a, a strengthening sing dollar uh, yep. to cushion sort of uh, important inflation and cushion, uh, uh, I suppose, uh, the wage expectation side, etc. as well. Will the MAS uh, be concerned? I think as, of, as long as the the underlying trend is consistent with the macro fundamental, i.e., growth momentum, mm. inflation, inflation expectation, I think they'll be okay. Um, it's only when we see growth momentum slowing down and headline inflation, start, uh, not say headline, core inflation starting to ease, say uh, job markets and the labor market softening that we may see soft, a, a reversal. But a lot obviously still depends on where the US dollar mm. uh, and, and the strength or, or otherwise of it goes to uh, in right. unfolding month, days and months. Sengwon, thanks so much for speaking to us. That was Song Sengwon, economic consultant with CGSCIMB Securities in Singapore, capping the conversation there with uh, just a look at where the Singapore dollar is heading and really a lot to watch on the Singapore front in terms of economics. I think we're expecting a statement from the MAS before the end of this month. And don't forget Singapore budget also in February. Mm. Uh, lots to keep an eye on. But let us turn our attention to some news that has really been roiling uh, US uh, media and US markets, I think. And this is related to crypto currencies. Uh, This is an announcement from the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC. It said it had not yet approved the listing and trading of spot Bitcoin ETFs, clarifying that a post that appeared on the regulator's official X account was fake. Now, the post we included a fake comment purporting to be from SEC Chair Gary Gensler, briefly fueled jump in the price of Bitcoin. And speculations have been rife for weeks about potential approval of several ETFs as soon as today. And yeah, he did say, you know, SEC account has been compromised and an unauthorised statement has been issued. 
Now, about a dozen companies have applied to list ETFs backed by Bitcoin in the U.S. The SEC has until today, though, to take action on at least one of these applications. And crypto insiders have speculated the regulator will use that date to announce a slew of decisions at once. You know what? It hasn't changed the price. If you look at Bitcoin, it's up 1.21%, trading at 49488 still very close to the 46000 mark. 45000 I think you meant. Yes. I did I did hear that uh, when the 46 news... 46 now. 46 now. I did hear when the news of when the first post on X came up, I think uh, Bitcoin prices did pop to about 47, 48,000. Yeah. It has retreated from that, still up on a year to date basis. And I'm sure it's still a lot of attention going to be on cryptocurrencies. But this does raise questions about uh, X's security protocols as well. How did hackers manage to take over the account of a gov- US government body? I think a lot of questions about security will come out after this uh, in incident. Uh, in any case, it is 7.19 in the morning. We're going to take a quick break, but we will come back to look at more of the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.